The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It never stops pumping you up. Every Monday morning, I'm just like, yeah, that music. Plug it to my veins. Tim did a great job on that. Welcome to In the Weeds. It's Fightful Overbooked. I am at Joel Pearl. Uh, with me again, as he will be today, and I believe on Wednesday as well, SP3 is here. Hey, SP3. How you doing, buddy? I am doing well. It's been nice being in the weeds. I feel like I'm I'm just it's a, a nice summer day and I'm in the grass. They got the weeds by us and we're about to get in the weeds after a a somewhat calm. I would say it's the first calm weekend in wrestling, but we got plenty of news to discuss. We got ugly titles to discuss. We got new champions to discuss and we got TV deals in in trouble to discuss. So there is some stuff for us to talk about in the weeds. We're going to get into all of that and more. I know we will. And while we're here, hey, go ahead, leave us a thumbs up on the video. That always helps us a big way. And if you're not subscribed to us here at Fightful Overbooked, well, come on. Come on. Do it. Click the subscribe button. Dot that bell. Get your notifications. Tons of content goes out every single day on this con- on this channel. All week we got stuff, man. We never skip a beat on Fightful Overbooked, so come and join us here. We got content that is just wrestling related and different in every single way. And on top of that, if you want to support us financially and pay people not named Joel, Kate, or Jeremy, you can go ahead and drop us a super chat. Any amount of question or statement read on the air. And of course, helps guide our conversation a little bit more. So there is so much to talk about. I don't even know where to start because we had on Friday night, we had new champions crowned an impact. On Friday Night SmackDown, we had a new WWE Women's Champion uh, crowned. In other words, Asuka was given her new belt and given the moniker WWE Women's Champion instead of Raw Women's Champion. And uh, there's a lot going on. So that was Friday alone. Saturday, there was, yeah, there wasn't much going on on Saturday. I got to sleep in. How about you? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Like, it was a rare weekend that I was actually able to watch in you know, Disney Plus and uh, finally watch Ant Man and the Wasp in the Quantum Mania, which I don't know how I feel. I'm very in the middle on that on that movie. But it was a rare wrestling weekend where there wasn't any shows. Last weekend was New Japan Dominion. The weekend before that was all the shows with Double or Nothing and NXT Battleground and WWE Night of Champions and all that stuff. So it was a rare weekend where there wasn't any major shows from any of the big promotions. Shout out to Chi-Town Spurs is talking about Salesforce sucking. It does. 
I have experience with Salesforce and I never liked it. So I hope it goes smoothly because I remember back in my nonprofit days, they used Salesforce and I was like, this is awful. This is the worst thing possible. It's a, it's a weird customer management tool. I don't love it, but uh, here we are. Yeah, I, I you know what? I haven't watched a Marvel movie in a very long time. I I got, so I'm a completionist. That's pretty much why I'm a wrestling fan. Uh, so in other words, I'm doomed to an eternity of like hating myself. So I tried with the wrestling, or not with the wrestling, sorry, with the Marvel. And I got to probably the second Avengers movie. And I was like, okay, I have to, I have to keep up. And then someone sent me a roadmap of what to watch. And I was like, oh, this is great. It's also very long. So I'm SOL. And I tried and God, did I try. And then I never did it. And now that map has gotten longer and longer and more opinions have formed over time. And I'm just like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can commit what is effectively, I don't know, a good solid week of nonstop moving watching to Marvel. I, I am also a completionist. I'm very much like my, my missus gets mad at me because I have to complete things once I start. Like she'll watch a show and if she's not into it, she'll completely stop watching and then I will just continue watching. Like like I also what I watched this weekend, I, I watched Netflix Never Have I Ever because season four dropped, the final season. And I was like, I watched the first three seasons. I have to finish it. And she's like, no, I'm not even going to watch it. She watched the first three seasons. She's like, no, I wasn't into season three, so I'm done. I'm, I'm going to wipe my hands. But with Marvel, I have the Ant-Man and the Wasp was my missing piece of the puzzle. And now I am complete up until Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I would say the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy is what you need to watch. If you want to just complete certain certain arcs or certain movie blocks, like of the trilogies or of the, the four movie type ones, I would say Avengers... Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America. Start there, and then you can see if you can fill in all the other blanks. I think that's a nice way to go, where you feel accomplished, where you watch three movies, and you're like, okay, I completed that. Now let me see if I can get to the other stuff. I think that's the right way to go about it if you're so far back in the Marvel kind of timeline. So you start with WrestleMania 17. Yes. <laughs> and then you skip to WrestleMania 30 and 31 no you watch you watch wrestlemania 17 you watch okay. wrestlemania 18 and wrestlemania 19 oh, okay well really 19 yeah. too okay that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, Nin 19 in my opinion is top top three wrestlemanias of really? all time yeah so if you watch those three where we're 18 it, it's very much like the first three avengers movies where the first avengers movie is one of the the best in in marvel that's set wrestlemania 17 and WrestleMania 18 is more like that Age of Ultron, which I'm not surprised you stopped watching after that one because that was a, a stark drop-off from what we got with Avengers 1. But then when you get to Avengers Infinity War, you might think that's the best one ever, kind of like WrestleMania 19. Did you say WrestleMania 19 is the best one ever? Some people say that. I think top to bottom, it has probably the strongest card in WrestleMania history. A-Train and The Undertaker teamed up on that one. Hey, you got to ignore something. The Gimmick Battle Royal is on WrestleMania 17. So that was the best Gimmick Battle Royal ever. <laughs> it's the only Gimmick Battle Royal. <laughs> Stuff can be two things, SP3. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But I, I get humor out of the fact that Nathan Jones was not even good enough for The Undertaker to team with him. 
in that matchup. That and it had Limp Biscuit actually performing the Undertaker to the ring. So those are the two things that makes that match watchable. Those those Limp Biscuit performances were actually really good. That's true. They yes. did that. And they, they did uh, Crack Attic. Crack Attic. Yeah. Yes, Crack Attic. One of my <laughs> one of my least favorite and favorite WrestleMania themes of all time. Yeah, because they say it's one for the money and two for the time. One for the money and two for the time. <laughs> so let's let's go through this. Okay, so you have Disney Plus, you have Netflix, you have well, Hulu is folding into Disney Plus. I think you told me offline. Yes, because okay. it is it is like that. Because remember, people, last year I was in the UK for about five to six months, so I realized that who all the Hulu stuff is on Disney Plus already in the UK, and now they're doing that in America. They're about to make that transition, I believe, by the end of the year or the beginning of 2024. Okay, so let's keep in mind that I'm also Canadian, so I will keep up to this to the best of my ability. Uh, you Do you, you have Amazon Prime Video? Yes. Okay. Yes, so. because uh, that has stars on it, and I'm a huge power mark. Something else that I'm a completionist with. I completed all the power uh, spinoffs and the six seasons of the main show. Okay. Uh, what about uh, Max? Is it's about to be known? I use someone else's Max. Uh, okay. Shout out! <laughs> shout out to my good friend Kenny Bowling. Okay. He, he hooked me up. <laughs> but you, but you still, you still have access to Max. It's not something yes. that you have to find from other ways. Yes. Okay. So, so that's how many how many of those stream how many of those stream services are you using? It's about five or six at this point. Yeah, it's a it's a it's quite a few, quite a few already, which is about it adds up to maybe like thirty thirty five dollars in total a month that I'm playing just off of streaming services. Plus cable. Do you have cable? Or are you a cord cutter? No, oh, no, no, no. I don't. I don't do that cable stuff. I okay. got I got uh, Sling TV, which is the the next best thing to cable. Where it's just forty dollars a month, and I get all the cable channels that I really need to watch for wrestling and sports. Okay, so I was gonna say, so you ingest your WWE contact via Sling, yes. and then your AEW probably as well, unless you use it on Fight yes. TV. Okay. No, no, I do. I do Sling for AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling. And I think that's all the wrestling that is available on there. And then, and then I also you also have to put in. I do have a Peacock account, which is five dollars. Yes. Then I also have New Japan World, which is about eight dollars. So yes. But you don't have any of the other ones, like Pro IWTV. We use the code no. Fight. No, you don't. No, you know, no Fight TV. No, I, I I only did do the free. Uh, I did a free trial with Fight TV, which is a great. It's a great platform, and I'll get particular shows off Fight TV. I just received a criticism from from somebody uh, whose partner is attached to the show, saying, "Are you ever going to talk about wrestling?" <laughs> no, we were just talking about TV right now. No, we're just talking about TV. There's no reason why we're getting into this. It it's it's going to be a perfect segue. You see yeah. the title. What's in the title is going to be a perfect segue. Don't worry. It's just a long buildup to the segue. So all of this to say, uh, so, so I'll tell you, I'm a cord cutter. I watch WWE Network on uh, on Sportsnet here in Canada. So that's about 16 bucks a month I pay. And I get Raw Live. I get NXT Live and SmackDown Live. And then I also get all the pay-per-views. Uh, I don't get all the back catalog, which kind of sucks. That's why I was I was a VPN WWE Network guy until I died. But the problem was, it wasn't me dying. It was WWE Network dying. They were selling off strips of it as I went. I, I got to the point where I was going with an address from like the Philippines 
And then suddenly I got the, this was after I've done, I had exhausted countries to the point where they were like, WWE Network, we're going to this country. We're going to move to this streaming service and this one. And then they got to the Philippines and they were just like, we're moving to Disney Plus in Indonesia. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. Eventually it was all going to catch up to me. So I stopped and I, I was like, you know what? I'll get raw. I'll get SmackDown and NXT live. I won't be able to screen cap anything, which sucks because of uh, HDCP uh, protocols, but I can at least watch everything live and it's in HD and it's a good quality p- picture. So that's where, that's where I get that fight TV is where I get the, the international AEW broadcasts and, uh, Trying to think what else we have. We have Amazon Prime Video because we're, we're subscribed to Prime. We used to have Netflix. We got rid of Netflix. Disney Plus, my in-laws have it. So sometimes we'll use that. And really, this is a big roundabout conversation to talk about WWE's new uh, non-TV deal that they have not signed and seem to be out of their NBC, Universal, and Fox windows. Uh, this is according to New York Post. Uh, Andrew Marchant had released an article today reporting that WWE's exclusive media rights negotiation windows are done over that's it which means anyone can come in now and start having serious conversations with wwe about where raw and smackdown would end up uh mondays mondays are always raw day i don't think they're ever going to change that nick Khan has been on the record to say smackdown can easily be any day you want and they've certainly made case for that uh sp3 where the hell is wwe gonna land if not universal and fox or are they just going to make deals anew without these broadcast windows in effect yeah, I think more of letting the negotiation window expire is giving WWE more options to find the correct home for them long term moving forward. I think that it is a right decision and it's similar to what a lot has been happening as far as contracts in wrestling, like, you know, your Brian Danielsons of the world, your Adam Coles of the world back in 2021, let their contracts expire and then they wound it up going to AEW because it more suited them well. And it's something similar that we see in basketball where there's times that the the team wants to re-sign one of their star players, but the star player wants to see what their market value is out there to the wider NBA landscape. And I think that's what WWE is doing. Now, reading this article and reading the fine new uh, details of everything, I think that Disney is an interesting one, but... I can't imagine WWE going from being on Fox with with SmackDown to potentially signing with Disney and being on FX. That feels like a downgrade that perception-wise, I don't know if WWE is willing to have. And I'm not saying anything about, you know, FX. I think FX is a good channel. It has some good shows, but FX was kind of like viewed as like the lower tier to in comparison to your to your uh, foxes of the world. And maybe that will FX will just be, you know, the cable network that is for, uh, you know, raw. And still, I feel like that's kind of a downgrade from being on USA, where USA, the only reason I watch USA is for WWE. So I won't even have a reason to watch USA, USA moving forward. I'll be honest. I don't watch Chris Lee Knows Best. I don't watch your, your, your Ms. and Mrs. I don't do any of that stuff. I don't I don't watch Monk and all that other stuff. I don't do any of that. I watch WWE on USA. So I feel like it would be kind of weird in that capacity for WWE to do that. As far as going to a streaming service, that just feels like a whole new world. Imagine WWE being on a streaming service, being on a premium 
all the arguments that people are against watching Ring of Honor, and now they're going to have WWE, who's on a streaming service, and now that argument disappears for a lot of the WWE fans, who are the majority of the people who make that complaint about Ring of Honor. It's kind of different in that in that way, but it would be very interesting, and probably they could sign for even a bigger money deal because they are going to get such an influx of professional wrestling fans that are going to get that streaming service to keep track of WWE programming. So it's very interesting right now. And I think that the next 12 months, I don't know when the, the announcement is going to be made that they're making the move or sticking with Fox and NBC Universal, but all of this is very comes at a very interesting time with everything that's going on with you know AEW. And I, I read that the, the dark horses in this race is also Warner Brothers Discovery and Amazon. So it's very, very interesting times for WWE as far as their TV deal. The W in Warner Brothers Discovery will stand for wrestling. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It will be the wrestling <laughs> brothers discovery. I don't know if that's going to work. Uh, yeah, there is, there is a lot on this, on this plate and a lot on this table. The, I, I mean, I think they're going to wind up with raw on Mondays on USA, everything as it is. And as it should be, the problem is you have Nick Khan who's very bullish on wanting a rights increase of at least 1.5 times what they're getting right now. And almost guaranteeing it at every step of the way. But we don't know what that means. We don't know who was going to be willing to pay out for that much. Uh, that's that's a whole other situation. As to the streaming conversation, I mean, Jeremy and I have sat here for weeks on end and I've said the, the Twitch deal that they just cut, there's something to that. Now, put aside how Monday worked with the sidecast because that was just not great. <laughs> Did you watch the sidecast at all? No, I, I missed all of this. I just saw like uh, screen caps of you know them doing this. I guess how was it, and what was that experience like? Them them doing kind of a watch a watch along for the first time. So, it think of like your favorite. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out uh, a, a friend of ours, Jason Paradise, who's a streamer on on Twitch. 
uh, he does a lot of Guitar Hero stuff and he does a lot of like Drum Hero stuff. But every Wednesday, he does a community watch along for Dynamite because he is a big AEW fan. And like the audio bleeds through a little bit, but like it's it's him watching and reacting and talking to the chat and everything. This was not that. And you, th- this is the weirdest part is that these are three people in Ryan Papola, Megan Morant, and Drew Gulak who are all entertainers on screen every sometimes day of the week, depending on the gig you're working, they have the charisma, but they were just like, Oh yeah. It looks like, uh, looks like Seth Rollins is, uh, getting ready to, uh, have a title match. Huh? Damien Priest is going to be a good point. And you got Drew Gulak over there. Just being like, mm, yeah. All right. Trail mix. Yeah. He's eating on stream, which like, I know that bugs some people. For me, I'm just laughing because I'm like, well, he just does not give a shit. Somebody somebody told him like five minutes before air, like, you're not making any extra on this. And he's like, well, great. Here comes dinner. So uh, Megan Morant left like three quarters through Raw. Not, I don't know. It was maybe in the third hour because she had to go, I think, host Raw Talk. <laughs> so she's in this is hilarious. Like she's in the studio in, in, in like she's in a Zoom room and it's just. The audio is low. It's not great. I'm. This was the first week. So, like, I'm not going to panic and just be like, oh, my God, it's going to suck forever. I think they're going to take notes and get better at it. I think, and I've said this on air, and I'll say it a billion times until it happens, the best thing they can do is make this as entertaining as possible, including a week where Otis is hosting in a hot tub stream doing a watch along of Raw. You hit the note. You hit it right on the nose. They need that. They yeah. need they need someone with with charisma, even if they're sitting down watching a show. Otis is one of those guys. Uh, Chad Gable's one of those guys. If you're not going to use them on the TV show proper, I think that's uh, another another guys that they aren't using that could be great at this is Maximum Male Models. They're doing they get Manny and Petties as they're watching yes. Monday Night Raw. That would be amazing. Like, I want them to do stuff like that, that, you know, will will further fit in with the characters that we see on TV and they're still watching the show at the same time. That is probably the route that they need to go with all of this. Yeah, you're not doing uh, storyline advancement per se, but you're doing character development, character work. Stuff like that would be fantastic. Like Sean in the chat is saying the sidecast was the first hour, 45 minutes of Raw, and then Drew Gulak finishing the watch along on his own channel before watching French wrestling from the 50s. Like that is the most Drew Gulak thing you can imagine. And I love it. Like, listen, good for him. He's doing he's doing the gig he was given. So <laughs> the audio though was just the it was so low. You just, it was hard to hear. And the, the entire time people are like, turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. And they're like, how's that? And they hadn't done anything. Okay. How's that? They hadn't done anything. They were just hoping that someone in the chat was going to be like, looks good now, or it sounds good. It just wasn't good. So uh, I hope they do better with it. And I hope that they take notes from honestly, from, from streamers. And, and I'm not saying directly from us. Like we, I would love if they did, but here are the, like, there are so many charismatic on screen seven day a week streamers who retain their audience and get a lot more than, you know, 1400 doing a raw watch long. This is something that they can tap into and have a really good showing with. And going back to the Twitch and the TV deal, Twitch owned by Amazon. Said this before, I'll say it again. We're very, very, very close. I said within five to 10 years, turns out it could be within five to 10 months of having a WWE product on a streaming service, much like Twitch 
Amazon Prime, so on and so forth. Uh, and then you make extra revenue on the bits if you're on Twitch, but I don't think they'll do that. There are better. There are other ways for them to find revenue, and we've we've seen that. We're seeing them find revenue. WrestleMania. How, how stupid was it, but how ingenious is it that your boards, your LED background, are covered in ads during certain matches? They've been doing yeah. the, the ad sponsorships for a while now. Like last year's WrestleMania, that not this year, but the year before that, when Boogs got injured, he came out in a Mike's Hard Lemonade outfit, guitar amps, and it was the Mike's Hard Lemonade variant of Boogs. They sold the shit out of that. That's fine. That that makes your company money, and that makes up for any losses you have in other buckets. That's kind of what we're working with here, because ad sales are going to be very different for something like this on a streaming platform versus as a sports-like presentation on ESPN, on TSN in Canada, wherever it is. It's just a, a different. It's a different set of rules. Yeah, and I think the whole thing with this is is very interesting because you have to put into account all of that and the fact that now Endeavor Endeavor is going to be involved in all of this now that the the merger is coming with WWE and UFC at the end of this year. It's a very interesting time that all of this is all transpiring. And I did see someone in the chat that said, you know, ESPN could potentially be the home for for WWE. I don't really see that. And I think that the the report in the New York Post kind of mentions that as far as like a Monday Night Raw being on ESPN, ESPN has too many game obligations from multiple different sports to make just Monday the WWE night. And I, I agree with what Joel said earlier. I don't see Monday Night Raw not being Monday Night Raw. Like, I think that that is one of their their talking points, one of the things they're looking for. They're looking for a home where they could stay on Monday. SmackDown, they don't really care. SmackDown started off on Thursdays on UPN. It was on USA Network on Tuesday nights So SmackDown Live. It was, it's was. it been on Friday ever since it moved to Fox. It could be on Wednesday against AEW for all Nick Khan cares. He, he just cares about where's the best spot that it can – it can make the money. It's going to be the best offer for the for them to move that show that they can now, you know, make the bids for and say, you're getting the highest rated uh, wrestling show in the in the world with SmackDown because it's been on Fox for the past four years. So wherever the money is at, that's where they're going to go with that. And if the money is in streaming, I think that it's more likely that we might see SmackDown on a streaming platform, or it, it might be raw because all these other places that potentially would be good, like ESPN, they're not going to make that the Monday, the Monday night show because ESPN has sometimes NBA games in, in the spring on Mondays. They got, they got baseball games during the spring on Mondays and the summertime. They got, uh, you know, NFL going on. Sometimes they move Monday night football over there. So they got too much going on for them to just stick to mon uh, Monday night and make that on ESPN. Maybe you could put SmackDown on ESPN, but do you want to move SmackDown from, yes, it's one of the top cable companies uh, to cable channels, but SmackDown has been on network television for the past four years, and it's been beneficial to them in every single way possible. It's been the highest rating show. It's gotten them a lot of ads and you know increased their profit revenue. So do you want to now transition it to cable again? 
I don't know if they're willing to do that. So I can see it potentially more going to a streaming service than going back to cable with SmackDown. Okay, so two things. One, I think everyone in this chat should be sending us super chats so that we can buy the rights to air Friday Night SmackDown. And two, when we are given the rights to SmackDown, we are actually going to change it so that it airs mostly mostly because we don't have content on Saturdays here. Uh, we're going to air it on Saturday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. And it's going to start on, uh, we'll start it this Saturday, let's say June 17th. Don't know where the first episode is going to be. We'll just keep the bookings as it is. But uh, that, that way, that way, AEW, those pesky, those pesky AEW fans can't say we were here first. We'll say, nope, we were here at the same time. And then we will air concurrently with AEW Collision starting June 17th. Let's go. Well, well, they're still going to say they were there first because it got announced first. That's the whole thing. Because technically, NXT was on Wednesday first before Dynamite because they moved. They, they did the strategic thing of moving there two weeks before. Remember what they did? I don't know if a lot of people remember. I know it's just four years ago. But they did a simulcast where they did one hour on USA and then the next hour was on WWE Network for one week. And then they eventually moved there full time. But they just wanted to say they were on Wednesdays first on cable to, to get the one up on AEW Dynamite. SP3, it was just a test run. That's all it was. It had nothing to do with anything else. It was just a nothing. test run. We were just seeing how the how the market was. Come That's on. Right. What are we doing? I said the first 25 minutes of the show without our names up on the screen. So clearly we're doing something right. It's not like I woke up at 930 this morning after anyway, not important. Sundays are Sundays are a slog to get to, to this day. So look at that. Our numbers jumped once I put our names on the screen. They're gonna fall now. Uh and then <laughs> No one's following us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I put Randy Orton on Twitch so he can criticize everything, which is another message that we got from uh, the mysterious general manager. The, in the, 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 the general manager. Oh, man, that was another time, man. We, we're just reminiscent of times. Remember the, 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 the anonymous raw general manager? We're going to get that back. Those are the ones that I want. Uh, the, the anonymous raw... Anyway. Yeah, there is there's a lot of opportunity for for WWE to to find a new home and I think they I've said this before I'll say it again I said it here earlier they will be one of the first to pick up a streaming service as the home of their content. That's where things are going. You and I just had an entire conversation of what streaming services we subscribe to. There is so much merit in getting in on the ground floor of that. Uh, and and soon enough, there will be some services that merge into others. We've already seen it. And eventually there will be a super service that takes all. And that's just like cable. That's just what happens. And eventually people will not want to pay the amount that they would on the cable bill on a bunch of different streaming services. So one thing will keep people there, a la Peacock making WWE, you know, the, the, the their tent pole to stick around. That's a pretty significant reason for WWE to be like, well, all of our shows on Peacock do exceedingly well, and they don't have nearly as many subscribers as, I don't know, Amazon Prime Video. So let's move all of our shit over there, which they, they can't do that yet because they still have a deal until, I think, 2026. But the point being, like, we can move our TV deal over there and then progressively move other content over there. If the deal is good and we're happy and everyone's excited, then guess what? You're bringing a lot of eyes to that product and uh, things things go well. 
but they they can potentially find themselves into the smack the uh the South Park uh, pe- uh epidemic where South Park signed their deal with HBO Max and then a few years later signed a deal with Paramount Plus and now they're getting sued by HBO Max because they were supposed to get a certain amount of content on there that they weren't able to follow through on and they put a lot of their content on Paramount Plus where Paramount Plus gets two South Park specials they get you know the old shows but uh they cut down the season amount on Comedy Central from uh 10 episodes a season to 6 episodes a season and HBO Max has first run of those episodes so they I don't I don't know if they want to go there that I just thought about that that they might find themselves where they're kind of splitting things between whatever potential uh, streaming service they sign with and Peacock. I think that if any streaming service is going to get like first run or first negotiations with them, it should be Peacock because they have so much of their content over already on there. But again, if you don't have, if you know that you have more eyes available to you on another platform that's willing to pay, you're going to take that deal. Yeah. And the other, there's another big conversation that that is, you know, the uh, the next day rights on these deals. You know, this is this is a week where I should bring Andrew Zarian back on, but maybe we'll talk to him later. I don't, I don't want to kill the town with Andrew Zarian. Okay, he's he's good, he's fine, but I want to, you know, I need I need to to bring him on for special conversations like this. We should anyway. we should have Brandon Thurston. Brandon Thurston is the guy that, to come on here and talk about the TV deal. Uh, TV deal. Thurston right Thurston just did something that I never expected him to do, and that is he's going to put the Sunday show behind his uh, paywall now. So wrestling wow. the flagship show is going. Uh, he's going to do once a month. The rest, the I, unless I was half asleep and completely missed this, he's going to do WrestleNomics behind the paywall on uh, the rest of the month. But the first Sunday of the month will be a free, a, a free podcast because he's doing Pollock and Thurston now for post wrestling. Yeah, so that's becoming a weekly show, and now he's going to move the Sunday. Show. And I'm just like, you've ruined my week. Like, I look forward to WrestleNomics when I get to listen to it. And, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a podcast demon in that I listen to stuff at like 2.25x speed. And that is one show where I have to, sometimes I have to slow it down, but I can't listen to it at 1x one, one because love Brandon, love the work that him and his crew do. Uh, but like that can get so slow just in conversation that like I got to speed it up a little bit. So 2.25x, I can't watch it live. I got to watch it after the fact or listen to it after the fact. But yeah, that 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 was, I would love to bring Brandon back on. He he comes on, he came on when you guys did the uh, breakdown yeah. of the, Q, uh, the Q4, Q4, Q1. I think it was uh, Q1. It was in Q1 because it was yeah, yeah, it was May when when he came on. So, yeah, yeah he uh, he's wonderful. I can't say enough good things about about Brandon unless unless he goes through and, and moves all of his stuff beyond the paywall. At which point, I'm very upset. <laughs> He's like, damn you, Thurston. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see him in two weeks. I'm gonna be like, buddy, buddy, what are we doing here? And he'll be like. He'll say something like, you know, Fightful has a, a subscription to WrestleNomics. They'll be like, yeah, I don't have a login. What are you talking about? <laughs> you give me the login. Like, why, are you, why are you complaining? I, I see you. I see you guys. Damn it. And talk to Sean. Be like, we got to get. The- Joel needs his WrestleNomics is really what we're getting. Yes. Point. Yes. 
Uh, makes they, you, it makes you sound smart when you read what what or you re, re say what Thurston says. Makes you seem smart. He's one of the more intelligent guys, especially when it comes to TV ratings, TV deals. Uh, one of the well, yeah, one of the best uh, podcasts. That's why I list I listen to Post Wrestling for for Brandon Thurston as well. So good stuff from them over there. But yeah, this is very interesting. Everything considering because we still don't know what's going on with AEW with a potential new deal because uh, Tony Khan confirmed during the Double or Nothing media scrum that he did not sign a new TV deal that was a lot of people was talking about ahead of the upfront saying that they were going to get this new billion dollar uh, you know, contract for TV for everything for Dynamite Rampage and Collision. He confirmed that it was just a deal for Collision. So we still have to see how negotiations is going to go with them. Is AEW going to let that negotiation win expire and see what's out there because you know when we had Brandon Thurston on the main question that I had was about AEW and their new contract deal and he really the the thing he emphasized and like I said repeat what Brandon Thurston say you sound smart I was using that all week long and I was just like AEW is undervalued for the amount that the, the amount of ratings that they get for their uh, key demo rating which is always in the top three to five for Wednesdays, regardless of how the how the ratings go up and down and have been down since 2022 in comparison to this year, they still are in the top three, top five every single Wednesday in the key demo. So they're undervalued for the amount of money that they are getting. And then when the reports came out that they would potentially make like 200 to 250 million dollars a year, everybody was like, okay, that's their value. That's what they should be getting because of what they offer to Warner Brothers Discovery. So we still need to find out how that's going to go. Is Warner Brothers a real kind of player in the negotiations for WWE media rights? This is a lot of things up in the air that is going to be an ongoing discussion for, you know, fans, you know, experts and everybody involving TV for the next couple of months. Here's the thing with the, the numbers, right? We talk about it all the time. I gave people hell in the chat last week about this. And I say stop looking at the numbers because I really rather people look at the the at the list at the the list the ranking for that night. Don't worry about numbers. Worry about where it placed on that top one hundred and fifty. That's really what we're looking at. We're not looking at the growth is fine. You want to you know you want to track growth. You want to you want to track that. That's fine. But like the bad faith actors need to really start looking at the the one through five slot and see that it's always the same programming and guess what it's literally both sides of your argument are appearing in those top five so start looking at the, the top 150 it's readily available showbuzz daily has them every single day if not them then tv spoiler does if not them then brandon thurston does and if you want to give him five bucks you can give him five bucks but i'd rather you give it to us instead like dan's did and he said for your smackdown deposit and of course condolences to jeremy we send our love to him hope he's doing well uh i the anonymous uh, the anonymous ITW general manager has sent us another message saying, Joel punched Thurston. Well, I'll see him, like I said, two weeks. And uh, he's not taking bookings right now. So I don't know if I can punch him. Uh, but apparently, if uh, if Eugene Agata, or as I like to call him, Eugene Agata, wants to have a match with Brandon Thurston, then uh, he might consider coming out of uh, hiatus to to face him. So just putting Blue it Justice. Blue Justice. He ain't on hiatus. That man is the All Japan Pro Wrestling no. Triple Crown Champion. Come on. I'm not saying that Eugene Agata 
is on hiatus. I'm saying that Brandon Thurston is on hiatus. He's not wrestling right now. He go, he go, he, they're going to fight for the All Japan Pro Wrestling Triple Crown Championship. From your lips to whoever's ears, let's do it. Hey, if you if you if you know Gato, Gato has not been on my good side. So Gato, make it happen. Come on, come on, Gato. Grow some balls. <laughs> you, you, your balls shrunk up after Dominion. So grow some balls. Where would you like to see Raw and SmackDown end up? Like if you had if you had a, a pen and some ridiculous ink and all the money in the world, where do you want to see Raw and SmackDown? I I just can't imagine, you know, I, I've lived long enough to see WWE go to TNN, go to TNN that eventually became Spike TV. I, I understand all of that, and I don't want to see a time where they're off USA again. Like, I want to see them stick to USA. I would love to see where SmackDown goes, because SmackDown has been ever fluctuating throughout my lifetime. I remember when it was on US U, UPN. I remember when UPN, it moved to, it became CW, and it was on CW for a while. I remember when it went to USA for SmackDown Live. I remember it first coming to Fox. I remember all those things. So I think that I'm more open to where uh, SmackDown goes. I would love to see SmackDown go to a streaming service. I think that would be completely new because I've seen SmackDown on cable. I've seen SmackDown on, uh, you know, network television. I would love to see it on a streaming uh, streaming network, maybe on Amazon Prime. Make my Amazon Prime monthly uh, wage a little bit a little bit more kind of conducive to me because I'm getting a little bit more than that. Instead of waiting for power power seasons to drop, I will be more inclined to watch Amazon Prime year long. So I think that yeah, that was where I would put it. If I had to if I had to make the decision myself, I would say SmackDown on Amazon Prime. Raw stays on, uh, you know, USA Network, and NXT stays on USA Network as well. Before we run back to this conversation, feel free to dunk on the dorks who think that you don't know who books what companies. Yes, I understand that Nagata has the All Japan Pro Wrestling Triple Crown Championship, but if you think that I think that Gato books All Japan Pro Wrestling, you're a dork. Yes, I'm talking to you. And also, Nagata is still a New Japan talent because he was on a show with All Japan Pro Wrestling and he was still listed as a New Japan talent. So, yes, Gato does book Nagata, not All Japan Pro Wrestling. God bless you, SP3. I love you. <laughs> I don't mind the idea. Keep a hoop ice ripping. Anyway, so. <laughs> Get him. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, I'm not going to do the who off from last night. So Disney, Disney, Disney Plus seems to be on a, on a pretty big uh, list of traje- trajectories for WWE. I don't hate the idea of them winding up on Disney, mostly because I, I watch The Simpsons on Disney Plus. That's about it. And also, yeah. like... WWE integration at Disney theme parks? Come on. How did that go with, with, with Star Wars? Uh, it's been gangbusters. That is something that you can absolutely do. The Roman Reigns head of the table ride, when it's, it's you're all at a table and it's like musical chairs. I'm just making this up off the top of my head. I have no idea. Something, something like that. They'll bring back Space Mountain just to... Ugh, that guy. 
The Ric Flair, the Ric Flair ride has really it's come full circle in the Space Mountain ride. It's now the Ric Flair, the Nature Boy Space Mountain ride. And that's what I want. I want to see that partnership form over time. I want to see Mickey Mouse, WWE 24-7 champion. Ha ha! I'm going to come and win your titles. Ha ha! I'm the real head of the table. Ha ha! Things oh, like God. that. Oh I mean, God, you did this in the South Park. You <laughs> bet I am. You bet your ass I did. <laughs> now they need to put the title on Goofy so Brock Lesnar can beat him for it because Brock Lesnar loves beating black champions and Goofy is black, y'all. Just saying. He's black. He he was a black single father. Watch Goofy movie. I'm not going to disagree with you because I have heard this. I've heard this theory a, a hundred times, and every time I hear it, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with this. I can see where you're coming from. And also, let's face it, this is not an experience I have ever had. So who am I to disagree? <laughs> no, go back to Goofy movie when when the, when the te- when the principal calls him, he says that oh Max Max is gonna be in the gang and he's gonna wind up in jail. I was like I was like yeah yeah this all makes sense and just watch how Max dresses. Come on, it's it's just it's what it is. Think back, guys. Watch the movie back. You'll see a whole different perspective. I can't believe this. Uh, someone in the chat mentioned the bluey world order and there it is i'm telling you man the integration and and again like wwe for better or worse is they 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 do it for kids right smiles on faces and all that stuff and people talk about watching the show through the eyes of their you know their kids that they're taking them now to these shows like it is it's a generational program and they're really trying to get as much out of the kids that as they can and guess what mom and dad are going to go because they were probably wrestling fans too if not now then at one point in their life when the attitude era was hot because that's what my kids are going to you know if if they grow up being a wrestling fan they'll come to me and they'll be like you're a wrestling fan you talk about it i'll be like yeah i grew up in the attitude era here's why it was good and here was bad but for other people they'll be like yeah i used to love stone cold steve austin and i used to love the rock and i used to love all these guys and this guy's and that'll be that'll be the door that opens up the nostalgia that Disney loves to run with to bring the families to the park and bring them to the different shows. So yeah. I could see Disney being the right place for WWE to land. Uh, the Marvel connection that WWE makes, I know people clown on that to uh, to the umpteenth degree, but I always understood what they were trying to do. They create their own universe, for better or worse. They create their own world where nothing outside matters, and they get to set the tr- the again, the trajectories, and they get to set every little piece in play for every wrestler that they have and every superstar that they make, they get to tell their stories. And sometimes the stories never end. And sometimes you want to finish the story and sometimes you just can't. But I I Story never finishes, Joel. Come on, it never finishes. But you're, you're actually, you hit it right on the nose is that the one thing that connects Disney and WWE is how they use nostalgia. That's why we got all these live action 
films of the renaissance films that we grew up on like little mermaid just came out you know a couple years ago we had beauty and the beast and lion king it's because we were kids when those movie those cartoon movies came out the reason that they make it live action now is because they know we're adults now and we have kids that we can take to the movie it's cross generational how they do it and they can do the same thing with wwe except they don't have to redo the movie they just call I love Stone Cold and say, well, add another zero. Just come on, <laughs> bridge the gap. Have all the people that were Stone Cold fans or they were kids now are bringing their kids to see Stone Cold wrestle at WrestleMania. They're going to add two more zeros and get The Rock to leave the movie set and leave uh, XFL's bankruptcy to come to a WWE ring and, and perform for them to bring those parents who are going to bring those kids and bring them over to the show so yeah i think that that is why that makes like a perfect marriage it's just how would they kind of integrate as far as the the shows because like i said espn doesn't necessarily feel like the option for raw is raw gonna be on fx that is a possibility for them and fx man that would raise the value of of fx a lot to have something like monday night raw the longest episodic wrestling show uh in in of all time basically now uh have that on their on their network that that means something big for them. That's an upgrade for them. And it's similar to the upgrade that TNN got when it went from ECW to WWE. And it got so much of an upgrade, they had to rebrand it to Smite TV after a while. Could you imagine a world where FX gets SmackDown and the branding becomes, you remember the Get the F Out? They're just going to the O Out. Get the O Out. <laughs> <laughs> they'll find a way to make it funnier or make it better but that would be the branding we are so cost synergy effective that we have gotten the o out of fox and we will be debuting on fx on blank date come and join us that will be like months of planning and that's what they'll come up with and i will sit here calling up this clip as often as i can just get the o out and it will happen someone in the chat uh mentioned oh this was really funny and i gotta find it Oh, yeah, the Bloodline ride, where it's a video of Roman just gaslighting you. <laughs> and then the ITW anonymous GM sent me a message saying, the American roller coaster at G Disney has a high incline. You get to the top, and then you take the stairs down. <laughs> That's great. The American ro roller coaster, absolutely. <laughs> it just never ends. This, the ride never ends. It's the ride that never, never ends. You take the stairs down, they make you take the stairs a little bit back up, and then they make you take the stairs. It's a really good weight loss tool, that yes. that, that American roller coaster. That's right. Get a little um, bit of adversity in there, sprinkle a little bit of adversity, you're good money. Yeah, they just throw rocks at you as you're going downhill. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so uh, D Disney, Disney works. Disney Plus would work. I don't want to have to pick up Disney Plus on my streaming services. I just rely heavily on my... On my family, but uh, yeah, that's that's where it is. The Twitch thing again. I still think that Amazon is is in play at least for one of these shows, uh, but that might just be down the line. Maybe the Amazon play is so that they pick up the PLEs and the WWE Network, so that they can say WWE Network on Amazon Prime, and then they're going to be in multiple streaming platforms and making amazing amounts of money. I, we'll see where it goes. 
Yeah, there's definitely a whole bunch of different routes that they can go about this. I, I'm very interested now where these negotiations lie as far as uh, WWE and where we're going to see SmackDown and Monday Night Raw or, or Tuesday Night Raw. I don't know how this is going to go. It's very interesting. They've got to make some good money because uh, if they're going to keep making these new belts for wrestlers, then uh, they got to pay them off somehow. Friday night. Oscar- Do they? Yeah, they probably should. I mean, listen. It feels, it feels like they're just doing the same thing. It's very kind of mass producing. It's like it's like McDonald's. I mean, they don't make the food differently. Oh, you, just mean mass- you mean it's like Disney where they just mass produce the product and they ship it out to the retailers. There you go. The retail Disney store. Remember those back in the day? I remember though. I think we still got that in Times Square in New York. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Times Square is like the only place where you'll find literally everything still. Still, except for New York. Man, that was my that was my jam, man. You know how many birthdays I celebrated at WWE New York? No, seriously, for real? Yeah, yeah, dude. I I used to always go there for my birthday. The food wasn't that good, but it was still WWE New York, man. I got some merchandise for my birthday and stuff. Sweet times, sweet times. Twelve year old SP three, he give you some stories. Do you believe the story that uh, they closed down because the head chef or the proprietor like embezzled a ton of money from them, or do you think they just failed because they failed? I, I can believe that. I actually can believe that that chef <laughs> embezzled that because he must have been doing something else besides making good food. Ah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> there was a story. Pritchard told the story on his, on his podcast multiple times. So they've definitely committed to whatever story happened. Uh, and I'm sure some of the chats have been like, yes, there's a lawsuit. It happened. Well, yeah, but people take falls. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> get the insurance money is what I'm trying to say here. So uh, Asuka gets her new women's championship belt. It is the the similar but different version of the new Roman belt in that it has the white trim with the same black diamonds on the WWE and it has the gold on the inset. Uh, and it's smaller because it's the women's title. So there you go. And then, of course, Roman's is the black. We saw this last week. It was the black leather with the gold and the black diamond. Uh, you, you clearly aren't a big fan of the, the Oscar belt, I assume. I'm not a big fan of either one of these belts. Okay. I I can't imagine you make a new belt and you pick the worst version of gold that you could possibly get. This it looks like a deep fried title. Both of these titles look like deep fried title. They look like McDonald's hash browns. That's what they that's the color of gold that they got for this for these championships. And it's just not good looking. I mean, I will say it's made the World Heavyweight Championship look like the best thing that WWE has done in a in a decade. But it's just like, ah, oh, I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like the fact that it says that both of these titles say undisputed when there is in fact another world champion for Roman's belt and there is another woman's champion for Oscar's belt. So why do either one of these titles say undisputed on him? It makes no sense at all. But it, it is solving a problem and an issue that I've had with WWE ever since the draft is them swapping, you know, champions and having the Raw Women's Champion on SmackDown and the SmackDown Women's Champion on Raw. That was a glaring thing that they seemed like they weren't they weren't addressing or weren't even bringing up or weren't 
putting any light on it, but now they're actually going through and making a change that will be beneficial for the future where they can switch these titles up if they want to because they're changing the names. They're not making them brand specific. And I think that's that's the best thing long term. But I just want WWE. I understand they have to have the big W. It's all about advertisements and stuff like that. But just does Coca-Cola always have to put, you know, the same the same logo on and stuff? Yes. You could just add, yes, they can. Yes, yes they do. They yes, do. they do. And but and they don't works. really but yeah, it works. But yeah, they don't really have to. Prove they're Coca-Cola. We're just proving they're they're right known. Now. But there's different cans. There's different cans, there's different color cans for diet Coca-Cola and, and Coca-Cola and the regular Coca-Cola. There's no difference with any of these titles. So you just made the titles all the same. And like I said, my biggest problem is that is the worst color gold they could have possibly got. That's my biggest thing. I get it. So we talked about it last night on Joel and Kate at eight. And uh one thing that I said is if you wanted to make it a little bit better, at least, uh you take the WWE logo, the the jewels, the black jewels that they that they put on both of them. I think it looks really good on the women's championship, the black, uh, the black WWE. You put the white gold, or the not the white gold, but the white diamonds on the men's WWE title with the gold background and the black strap. That would look really good. You could have done something like that, just have a reversal of the color scheme, and it probably would have fit better. Uh, the other thing that I'm really looking forward to, again, I mentioned this last night on Joel and Kate. The the SmackDown, quote-unquote, women's championship, the world championship that's going to be presented presumably to Rhea Ripley as early as tonight, let's say, I hope it looks similar to the Seth Rollins title, which is fine. Gives a little bit of, like, brand awareness on either side. But I want her title to be a purple strap. And I want... That while they'll do the side plates, I want this to be the title that changes strap color based on the woman who's holding it. So in Rhea Ripley's case, it's purple. Uh, Liv Morgan wins it, then it becomes like lime green or something or whatever, whatever color. I'm just I'm just throwing the colors out. <laughs> is that is that Liv Morgan's color lime green? <laughs> it was for a time. I don't know anymore. Okay, R- R- Ronda Rousey wins it, and then it's red. Something like yeah. that, or yellow, or whatever. It's similar to what they did with Ultimate Warrior. Anytime yeah. Ultimate Warrior won a championship, he would have different color straps, whether it was the WWF Championship, the Intercontinental Championship. So I, I, I do like that. I do like that. I don't like the uniformness of all the women's titles having the white strap. So I would like something different in that regard, but... I have no faith in this company to make anything different. Like they just make everything the same and so uniform. It's ridiculous. Well, this is the one title that they can mess around with because this isn't the one that they're actively trying to give out to sports teams. You know, I talked about this with Jeremy. I was like, they make a new title. What are they going to do? They're going to give it to different. uh, They're still going to give it to different sports teams, but like, are they going to give them a choice? Probably not. They're probably just going to send them the Roman Reigns variant right now with the gold in the background and the the side place. And that's fine. Again, it's the well, branding of it all. Maybe for the women, like women's sports, like a college women's basketball or WNBA, they could send them the women's championship. Okay, then. Yeah. They can they can still they can still bring this out to everybody. We got we can't we can't we can't just give them the men's championship. They're they're women, so give them the women's championship. I like it. You're being called out here by Cyclops better than Logan. Over on Fightful Gaming on Twitch, 
where soon we will be hosting SmackDown on Saturdays at 8 p.m. Uh, SB3 is thinking like a fan and not like a businessman. The big W is big branding. It's not going anywhere. Just be at peace with it, LOL. I don't have to be at peace with it. I no, can complain have- about it. I, I'm no. no, I don't have to. You have I don't to have to. everything. I'm a, I don't have to. I'm a stockholder. I have stock in WWE. My opinion matters. It no, doesn't matter if I'm thinking like a fan or a businessman. Matters I'm, a, more. I'm in the business. It I'm in the business. If you, tell them, if you tell them, these are my expectations, give in to my demands or else I will pull out from my stock. Yes, exactly. And I That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I am letting my voice be heard. Just because they have a reason for it doesn't make it a good reason. If it's ugly, something is ugly, you could call it ugly. See? Yeah. Yes, guy. I see, see, he got back on my good side. God forbid we think as fans. Y'all are all fans. What are you talking about? No, stop stop it. Nobody's a fan. Nobody can be a fan in this in this business anymore. Damn it. If you want to talk about wrestling, you can't be everyone very, very famously hates wrestling and wrestling media. Do not forget that ever. You want to hate everything? IWGP current heavyweight championship belt design. You have to hate it. You have to hate the Divas variant if you want to hate a belt and you want to be a fan. Okay, that's the way it goes. The AEW title, you have to be like, I'm waiting for the new one. You can't hate anything. Okay, you have to love everything. That's how it works in the media. Otherwise, people yeah. jump your throats. I, I I think the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship was ugly too, but I got used to it after a while. I've gotten used to it just being the ugly Betty of uh of of championship belts, being a neck tattoo championship belt. I've gotten used to it, and on certain people. That ugly belt actually looks good on Okada. It looked good. It looked. It actually looked good on Okada. Maybe it's just Okada look good. He looked good with any title. Maybe no. it's just that. Yeah. Maybe it's just that. Even someone like Sonata, the title looks looks good on. Maybe it's just Sonata just looks good on it. But Roman Reigns, he's a guy that usually makes any title look good. It did not look good. That that deep fried title did not look good on him. I agree with you, uh, Joel, that if they changed up the look, chained up little things, I think they can make it look like a better championship. And and yes, by comparison, the white stripe with that design looks better. So I would say that I, if you had if you had me rank it, I would say the Oscar belt looks better than Roman's belt because that one just looks like a deep fried title. I don't have to like it. I can call it what it is. It's ugly. That's fair. It's ugly. It's ugly. Oh, I get it. Listen, I'm not. I'm not going to fight people on how they feel about a title belt. It's a friggin' belt. Like exactly. I exactly. Feel, I, I don't care about brand management and stuff. I guess I own stock, but I'm not getting paid for them to have ugly titles. Right? <laughs> My belt costs fifteen dollars, and I got it off of Amazon. You think I give a shit how people feel about belts? <laughs> I also agree with Scott. The, the, the New Japan TV title, it looks like a championship ring. It's it doesn't more, look like a belt. It's a TV. And, it's supposed to look like a TV, and it's perfect. That's the belt for everyone. 
It looks it looks like a box you get from Amazon. That's <laughs> New Japan World on it. It's ugly too, but they made that good by giving it a good champion, Zack Saber Jr. I'm not saying Zack Saber Jr. looks good with the title. The title still looks ugly, but he's making it into something that matters. So you can always make an ugly title into something that's matter that that is prestigious. But I can still call it ugly. ITW Anonymous GM sent a message saying they should make a giant L belt for Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Hold this L. Hold this w- L. It's a WWE title, but it's the, but also it spins. It's a spinner L. Spinning L. Spinning like, L. No, this is a seven because I will be better than the- anyway. Chai Town Spurs sent super chat saying, "Let WWE have all the Marvel crossover. I need Warner Brothers Discovery to hook AEW up with the." Dune crossover episode this fall. Well, you know, if they do that, you would have to get an announcement that in Winnipeg, we're going to level up this episode of AEW Dynamite on March 17th in Winnipeg. We are leveling up to Dune crossover episode of AEW Dynamite on March 23rd. I changed the date in the middle because we're going to still be in Winnipeg on that one as well. I was going to say you had a glitch in the matrix. We were going to go in a big circle. Just a, just an internal redirect over and over and over. Uh, I, so I guess, I mean, we talked about it last night, the whole collision, like tickets situation. I don't want to go too deep into this because I think Kate and I kind of, I, th- I think a lot of people have kind of like figured it out by now. This isn't a CM Punk thing. Punk has moved tickets for collision in Chicago. Coming to Canada coming specifically to Toronto and then 45 minutes down the road to Hamilton is not a smart move. And I think they very much figured that out in AW land that it was one thing. It's like, woo, we're going to do forbidden door immediate sellout. This is huge. And then they announced collision like two months later and it includes, and, and uh, let's not even do that. Let's go. We're going to do forbidden door. And then we're going to do dynamite the following Wednesday. That's the announcement pattern. It was, it was yeah. forbidden door. Dynamite and Hamilton, great. And then they were like, oh, by the way, Collision. We're going to do Collision in Toronto the night before, and we're going to do Collision uh, taping, the only taping on the entire schedule so far, in Hamilton the night after Dynamite. That's killing a town. Yes. I don't know what they were planning, and they, they're seeing it. Uh, someone's saying Punk's not a draw anymore. He is. He moved 1,000 tickets between the announcement and now, uh, it's not, and it, you're not going to sell out the United Center on his return the third time. You're going to get a really good turnout on this return, but it's not going to be a sellout. And that's fine. I think that's just tempering expectation. That's why they announced literally everything. They're going to, like, uh, we're a day away from uh, seeing a Tony Khan as a big announcement, and the announcement's going to be opening up the show on June 17th, this Saturday, is. Samoa, no, sorry, CM Punk. <laughs> you were supposed to say Samoa Joe. <laughs> I would love Samoa Joe. <laughs> you know what? Start do that. Do the announcement trope on Dynamite and have Joe walk in the frame and be like, "Yeah, who's gonna start it? Who's gonna who's gonna start it? Yeah, it's gonna be me, Tony." And have that be the the reason that people need to tune in on Saturday, just just to hear CM Punk and Samoa Joe go at it on the mic for a few minutes. But anyway. The uh, the whole thing with, with this is 
they're not selling a lot of tickets. And part of the reason in Toronto, by the way, I am I am here in Toronto and I will be at Collision and at Forbidden Door. They're selling tickets for Collision at $120 a pop in Toronto. That's absurd. And that's not a resale, by the way. That's Ticketmaster right now. If you go there, that's a hundred, that's a dumb amount. You're not finding sub $100 tickets right now unless they've changed it between last night and today. They need to start putting up promo tickets, and that's not a bad thing. The, the pricing is just, it's bad, and it needs to be rectified because it's just, they're not winning by having less than 1,000 tickets out in Hamilton and less than, I think it was less than 2,000 tickets out in Toronto for Collision. They sold out for, for, for Forbidden Door. Fantastic. They knew it was going to happen. Everything else since then, and we're taking Dynamite and Hamilton out of the equation because it's sold pretty well too. It's just the collision announcements have really messed up the ticketing. Yeah, and you would think that they wouldn't understand like pricing is a very important thing. The reason why they had such a great turnout for you know all in tickets in London and London is that in comparison to say like the last WWE of major show uh, Clash at the Castle, their ticket pricing was much lower than Clash at the Castle was. Clash at the Castle was already a big kind of a step for WWE because they were in Cardiff. That's not the tourist spot that London is, but uh, AEW smartly made their tickets a lot more affordable for those fans especially the fans that were coming over from america to to london for the event they made it more affordable so i don't understand if you're already having two shows in close prospects uh uh you know close distance to where this show is at for this taping for AEW Collision. It's already a hard sell for it being a taping and not a live show because AEW, you know, with their tapings, you think of AEW Rampage and how that is taped and how that comes across. That is kind of the the, the bar they have set for their tape shows. I don't understand why you don't lower that ticket price and make it as affordable as possible to pack this arena and make it look good. So this is what's open right now on Ticketmaster for AW Collision, Saturday, June 24th, Scotiabank Arena. There are seats on the northwest floor for 194.75. 119th section, which is right opposite hard cam, is 194, 121, 137 for a ticket. There are seats on the back floor in E2 for $109.75. That's the best they've got right now. These I don't think were ever opened up on the 300s. I think it's mostly just been the 100 bowl. Maybe they did have the 300s up top uh, in that 319 to 306 range. But, man, it's, it's, it's messy. It's not good. No, no, it doesn't seem like the ticket ticket sales wise. I think that all in and forbidden door have kind of been kind of the outliers because ticket ticket sales as far as for AEW events haven't done its best in 2023 in comparison to 2022. 2022, they were very good as far as the TV ratings, very good with ticket sales. You know, you had the a million dollar gates for basically three or four of their five pay-per-views that they did that year. And just this year, it just seems maybe it's due to pricing. Maybe it's due to revisiting towns too much or not going to hot markets that are into AEW like they would like I, I it's just been down overall it, and with the with the exception of the outliers being forbidden doors selling out instantly and all in in London let's take a look at Hamilton 
This is a lot better. This isn't. Uh, this is dynamite and rampage in Hamilton. This is one of six. This is a uh, obstructed view, but fifty bucks, forty eight, forty eight eighty. These are all Canadian prices. This is a lot more reminiscent of an of an AEW ticket. So it's a, it's a lot better. Floor seats. Here we go on seventh side, which is right in the corner. One hundred twenty nine, probably in the back area. This is yeah. This is a lot better. One hundred bucks. Again, it's not amazing, but it's better than uh, it's better than what's going on with Collision in Toronto. That's that's just ridiculous. Yeah, they got to figure something out, and I just don't feel that that buzz and that excitement uh, for Collision. Like, say in comparison that we felt when you know Rampage was just coming in, and then, yes, it's one hundred percent different times in the company. In August twenty twenty one, AEW was the hot commodity. They were like the hottest company. They had just got back on the road. They had this this party atmosphere around them, and they just don't have that that same appeal that they had in August 2021 that they do now in June 2023 and you know the the CM Punk excitement like you said this is the third return for CM Punk because he returned from injury in last year in 2022 ahead of All Out and now it's just like the third return and it's a return not just from injury it's a return from what he did to the company at All Out it just doesn't have that type of buzz and that type of feeling ahead of collision debuting that it did for even ahead of rampage debuting and then finally these are the uh hamilton collision ones so you can see 107 to 112 is open and the floor that basically tells me that the way the production is going to be set up is you won't see anything beyond 112 it'll be very closely shot on the bottom areas through what three the one through sec, uh, sorry, one through seven section of the floor, and then maybe a little bit for this area. But they're having they're having a time trying to fill these tickets. And uh, forty eight bucks again in one twelve. That's uh, it's not awful. It's just yeah, yeah. It's the same it's as pretty the, good. doing dynamite. Fifty bucks for a ticket. I see the reasoning. Seventy six for one oh nine, which is opposite hard cam a little bit. One oh eight, seventy six bucks. That's fine. They they're going to do a combo pricing sooner than later. I think. Yeah, most definitely, because they they did that for double or nothing, and it had a good sell, uh, a good you know turnout overall with ten thousand people in the building for that show, and that show looked good on camera as well. As far as like the off camera, yeah, there was a lot a lot more empty seats. I know the picture circulated of Orange Cassidy during the Blackjack Battle Royal, and the 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 camera side, uh, the opposite uh, where the hard camera was was uh, was kind of empty, but that. That's just how they they do things with AEW. They're going to put a lot of their people on the side opposite the camera. So that just makes sense to me. But yeah, they're, they're going to have to do those combo prices for these collision shows or it's not going to look good and not going to set the good first uh, you know impression for this new show. Someone's asking, uh, what are the ticket prices like for Impact? So let's take a look real quick. This is Summer Sizzler. All that's left right now are general admission tickets, uh, and this is at Center Stage in Atlanta. Twenty-five bucks for Summer Sizzler Day One. They have combo tickets as well, and those are sold out. So I can't tell you how much they are. Uh, <laughs> Summer Sizzler Day Two, general admission. What's funny is so they have general admission, and then they have general admission verified resale, and the verified resale is twenty-five dollars and one cent, <laughs> and GA regular is twenty-five bucks. <laughs> There you go. Good stuff. 
And then they're, they're going to be in, in Windsor, Ontario for Slammiversary. Uh, if you want VIP front row for both nights, so that's Slammiversary itself, and then the TV tapings the next night, 180 bucks, 170 bucks. Which is so the, two nights. the price of one, yeah, the price of one AEW ticket in like the the upper decks is the price of front row for both a Impact shows, and I guarantee you, with the with Impact, they are very smartly pricing these things where they're going to get a a near sellout. They've been getting sellouts for a lot of their TV tapings and their major events. Absolutely, and like they start at thirty three dollars. For bleacher seats at Slammiversary. They they try to make it as accessible as they can because listen, they know that they're not commanding a huge number when it comes to their ticket sales. Um, and that's not to say that like AEW and WWE don't command it, but again, just the way that AEW laid out their their on sale dates, it really messed up the first few episodes of uh of collision. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they need to do to kind of build that excitement among fans. I know there are CM Punk fans that are excited to see him come back and what that means, but I think that this would be totally different if there was even a hint that CM Punk would be working with the elite. I think the excitement level would be at an all-time high if, say, CM Punk's first match back was CMFTR versus the Young Bucks and and Hangman Adam Page. If you're not going to give away the money matchup of the Young Bucks and and those guys, you could do you could at least do a Hangman Adam Page in Dark Order. And that's at least making it seem like, hey, guys, we're not giving you the match we want, but we are going in that direction. I think that that would be a totally different level of excitement for the fans if there was any inclination that we were getting FTR and TM Punk versus the Elite down the road. But the fact that they're keeping things separate, they're only they're only promoting a certain amount of stars for Collision. I think that's tempering the expectations and excitement for the show overall. The uh, the anonymous ITW general manager sent a message saying they should announce Tony Khan announcements for all of these shows. Yes, absolutely, I agree. Um, <laughs> why Soloable did send us a super chat along with this message? Does it hurt too that they're only really featuring Punk? I know there's Andrade, there's Samoa Joe, Thunder Rosa, and Miro, but they haven't been on TV almost as long as Punk. Why should I be excited? This is a good point. You're featuring a lot of talent who are coming back to TV but haven't been on TV other than in the case of, you know, Joe's on ROH TV. That's great. Rosa and Miro showed up in those little backstage. I'm going to go talk to my boss segments. Andrade said, LOL, no thanks. And uh, we don't know where he's going to show up, uh, but this is the whole thing. I, I've been, I said this all along. I'm like, if you're bringing them back for collision, at least give them like a rampage match or something to show like Thunder Rosa is a different story because we don't know injury status wise, but like we know that Miro's okay. We know that Miro could wrestle. Why not have him show up on one of these shows, have a match with someone he likes and just he'll be on collision. Come and see him beat everyone's ass. Do or if you want to wait to the return for the collision episode, have someone cut a promo to set this up. We need more setup, more angles, more promos to set some big matches up 
for Collision, like for for the for Rampage's debut, they already had the ongoing rivalry between Christian Cage and Kenny Omega, and then he makes the challenge, I believe, on the Dynamite just before. So we don't know what's going to happen on this week's Dynamite. Maybe they set some matches up, but that was a big talking point, a big kind of draw in for that first episode of Rampage, where that they were opening up with Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega. Christian Gage versus Kenny Omega for the Impact World Championship. But they it felt like they were building that to that point. We just caught it by surprise on the Dynamite just before they made the announcement. That's going to be the, the opening matchup for the first episode of Rampage. Even before the first episode of Rampage, they were already building up to the CM Punk surprise on the second episode of Rampage. So even if you weren't that interested in the first episode of Rampage, you knew you were going to watch that second episode of Rampage because they're building that as the first dance. They're doing it at the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. They're doing all the hints for Darby Allen and stuff like that. I think all the Tony Khan announcements, yeah, it pops a rating for the Dynamite episode, but they haven't built it up. They haven't had anyone on the roster cut a promo on him. All they really had to do was say, uh, like, like I, like I thought my idea for the Tony Khan segment on this week's show, where Tony Khan says CM Punk and FTR are going to verse Bullet Club Gold and any tag team partner of their choice and then have Samoa Joe come into the scene and be like, I'm teaming with them. Like that's a simple angle that doesn't take a lot of work they, they could have done. They are, they're just making these Tony Khan announcements and they just feel hollow because you're not doing any type of setup, any type of angle, any type of promo to make fans excited for this matchup for this show, that's what's really lacking here. We got those segments, like you said, with Thunder Rosa and Miro for them coming out before the collision announcement was made, but they've done nothing to build towards this collision debut. Yeah, and it's just waiting for something that might not even happen as we get to the collision debut because they still have to build Forbidden Door as well. So it's like, it's a weird, again, They this is the problem that we ran into last year where while they're building Forbidden Door, they're also trying to build Blood and Guts because Blood and Guts was happening the week after. And that was, again, another concern that fans seemed to have was that the concurrent story arcs were just messing with everybody. It made one thing seem less important than the other, put into whichever one you felt was more important. That's to you. But uh, that was that was one of the big problems. Is like, which what should I care more about? Blood and Guts next week? Or should I care about this AEW New Japan crossover pay-per-view that you're doing for the first time ever at the time? Should I care about that more? What, what do you want me to do? And plus, you're trying to put an AEW championship on somebody because your champion just decided to stage dive and break his foot. So now we're stuck without an AEW champion. So that throws everything into disarray as well. It was a very messy time last year. Don't get me wrong. It looked like they were getting away from it this time, especially in the blood and guts conversation because blood and guts is not happening a week after forbidden door. Uh, It's just, there's, there's still that collision thing going on. So now we have to figure out what that collision thing is. And Saturday could, in some ways, I'm not going to say make or break. I think it's a little too extreme. But I think it can set a tone in terms of what people can expect from AEW Collision. And yes, it will probably enhance ticket sales or just whether or not people in Hamilton, in Toronto, wherever, deem it worthy of their time and money because it's a Saturday night. at it, The doors are at 5 p.m., Let's say it's, it's they start taping at six probably for Ring of Honor, uh, but they do. It's good. it's a full night. It's a full Saturday night. 
there in Toronto, especially there's a million other things you could be doing. Hamilton, not so much, but the point is there are things you could be doing in Toronto on a Saturday night, going into a pay-per-view weekend. And especially if you're an out of towner, like what do you, you know, you're, you're coming in for the big show, but like, do you really want to spend your Saturday night at a wrestling show too? That's the same, essentially the same thing. Like it's still AEW. The presentation will be similar. The talent will be different, presumably. Uh, but they have to give you a reason to want to go. And if they set up like a big main event with new Japan talent that aren't like just undercard dojo guys, then they could be a good show, but you got to make people want to go. And we won't know what that is to want to go to until Saturday this week. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's very interesting times and it is an exciting time. If you're, you know, a more positive kind of fan of AEW, it is an exciting time that they're getting this new show that forbidden door is coming up. And, and in my opinion, despite, you know, not a lot of build on this past week's episode of dynamite, the build for this year's forbidden door is already on a better foot than last year's forbidden door based on the two matches that we know are going down at the show. So they're already on a better foot in that regard, but we have to really kind of, like it says in the chat, like shape an identity for collision. Is it just the CM punk show? Then you're kind of taking out the fans that are kind of disillusioned with CM punk or aren't fans of CM punk anymore. Is it going to be a, show that features more of the talent that haven't been seen like your Miro's and your Samoa Joe's and your Thunder Rosa it seems like that is going to be the case too but you also have to take the time to build these people back up because they have been off of the main television show for so long and Samoa Joe you know he's been on Ring of Honor television and that's an even less amount of people that watch that show in comparison to even something like Rampage which the ratings have fallen this year so so there's a lot of work to be done to create uh, a must-see wrestling show on Saturday nights, and there's so much competition up against them as well. It's, it's quite the climb of a mountain that they have ahead of them to establish AEW Collision, and I just wish that even before this week, it starts this Saturday, they would have done that work to build it up. Like, like I said, there wasn't that much build toward Forbidden Door on this this week's dynamite there should have been more build toward collision the the, the following week if you're not going to spend the time on your television show to build up uh forbidden door your next pay-per-view then use the time on your television show to build up this new show that you're have premiering the following week yeah but the guns and bullet club though this is true because guns need bullets That's right bang bang gang Good. Bang bang gang. <laughs> Throw Big Bill in there. Come on. Oh, Big Bill a part of the bang bang gang. Come on. Big Bill bang bang. Bang bang. Big bang. Bill bang bang. <laughs> the fun triple B. <laughs> That's the guy you need is Big Bill Bang Bang. Yo, I want Big Bill. I'm a, I, I am I am pushing the Big Bill agenda. The BBA. The Big Bill agenda. We want Big Bill in the Bang Bang Gang. We want Big Bill in the G1 Climax. We want Big Bill to open up all the forbidden doors. Big Bill agenda. Big Bill Bang Bang. Part of the Big Bill calendar. No, we can't use that. <laughs> we cannot call it that. We can't call it that. I mean, we could. 
We can't, we can't be we can't be the big bill campaign. No. <laughs> we can't be the big bill campaign. I mean we could. We could. <laughs> Should probably talk to Lexi first, but anyway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Come on. Bang, bang, bang. Let's go. Bullet Bill. There it is. <laughs> big big bullet bill. Bullet bill. <laughs> oh my oh, god. Come on. We know you wanted. Come on. Pitch your big bills up. <laughs> Nintendo would be on Tony so fast. And I would love to see this. I want to see Big Bullet Bill. I don't want to see Nintendo go after Tony Khan. I want to see Big Bullet Bill. Someone will make a sticker. It would be fantastic. Oh, my God. Need the sign. If you're going to an AEW event, we just need Big Bill size. Big Bill for the G1. Big Bill for the Bang Bang Gang. And Big Bullet Bill. Join the campaign. What about Big Bill's and, collision? Yes. Big Bill needs to see if they promoted Big Bill for collision in, in Hamilton. Sell out. Sell out. Big Bill, Big Bill versus CM Punk. Come on. Come on. You don't get no bigger money matchup than Big Bill and CM Punk. Chick Magnet Punk and the Big Bill campaign. Yes. Campaign I want to talk about right now is uh, Impact. This past Friday, against all odds, definitely blew some people away. If you didn't watch this show, uh, you and I, SP3, we we ran down the card, and then we spent the better part of that night kind of jostling at each other, yes. poking each other, being like, told you so, told you so, which was great. And then we got to the main event, and we both said, oh, shit, we were both wrong. <laughs> very, very wrong. Alex Shelley captured his first ever impact world championship the man has been around impact as long almost as long as impact has existed and not only that chris saban captures the exhibition championship for a ninth time you had told me that on the show that that, that was what we were going to see and we did and you were right uh, i thought trey miguel had a little bit more left in in that run but not everything needs to end at slam anniversary so this wasn't uh this wasn't a big shock but it was shocking to see saban get nine times and uh, even more shocking was Shelley picked up the title. He won the Impact World title. Somehow Steve Macklin's run comes to an early end. Uh, LOL, Steve Macklin, I am still a champion, but you are not. So come get these hands in, in August. Let's go. What are you going to do? Come on. He, he had you. You were in his head. You, you deserve some of the credit for That's these right. laws. You were in his head. He heard you talking. I said there was a possibility you were going to show up at the show and challenge Bully Ray for your dad, and it just got into Macklin's head. So I blame Joel a little bit, but shout-outs to Alex Shelley, who I remember from the Universal Studio days when Impact Wrestling, then known as TNA, was on Fox Sports Net. And his paparazzi uh, productions was some of the best segments on the show. Him hanging out with Kevin Nash, uh, you know, getting Jay Lethal to do the Macho Man impersonation. I am a long time, long time CNA fan. I was watching back in the $10 pay-per-view days. That's when I had the black box, though, so we won't get into that. But I had the black box. I used to watch every week on Wednesday. I used to watch me some TNA. 
TNA. I watched it on Fox Sports Net, and Alex Shelley was always such a great wrestler. And then I got to, you know, open the door to independent wrestling and got to see his work in Ring of Honor, a part of the embassy with Prince Nana and Jimmy Rave, and see his great matches with Brian Danielson and Samoa Joe and Austin Aries and all these different guys and saw him come up and then five or so years later team up with Chris Saban for the first time and formed the Motor City Machine Guns and then they took you know Impact Wrestling by storm in the tag team division whether it was their rivalries and best of five series with the beer money whether it was putting the Young Bucks then Generation Me on the map in a tag team title feud and making the Impact World Tag Team Championships probably my favorite title to watch was mainly because of the Motor City Machine guns, but I did not think when he came back into Impact Wrestling during the pandemic in 2020 and they immediately won the Impact World Tag Team titles from the North that three years later, we would be seeing them hold the top two singles titles in the company. And maybe we should have seen it coming because they just recently signed new deals with Impact Wrestling. So that probably made them more inclined to be like, you know what? We're going to go for it. We're going to go for it. We're going to put the the top titles on you, but I don't think there's anyone that has kind of climbed the ladder in more of a way in Impact Wrestling than Alex Shelley. Like I said, he was he was kind of used as the regular guys that you know were indie darlings that came into the X Division and dropped matches to to the Chris Sabins of the world, to the AJ Styles of the world, to the PD Williams of the world. Then he made himself a character with Paparazzi Productions and his work with Kevin Nash, and then made himself into a tag team specialist with Chris Saban. And then, you know, little by little was getting more and more opportunities, whether it's his X division title win in 2009 to, you know, winning back the tag team titles at the beginning of the pandemic. But this was one of the more shocking results and title changes of the year. And I'm so happy for being a longtime fan of Alex Shelley. He is no longer the greatest wrestler to never win the impact world championship. He is one of the greatest wrestlers to win the Impact World Championship. It was outstanding. I mean, the match itself, it started off very slow and very methodical. It was a wrestling match. And then Macklin was like, no, forget this. I hate this. And he turned it into a fight. And then it, it, it did a really good job of ebbing and flowing in terms of what style of match it was going to be. Both men looked good. Macklin looked good in defeat, which I like. And again, it was just such a shock finish that it, it and it wasn't shocking in in the like, oh my god, someone got involved and cost Macklin the match. It was shocking in like, oh, that did it. That put him away. And in that moment, I was like, I was exhausted. I was like, our post show is gonna go an hour and we're out, and that's it. And then that finish happened, and we were like, we're gonna talk for hours. Like, I'm I'm awake, I'm into this. Uh, so they did a really good job of of keeping the crowd for most of the night, but that finish with Shelly and, and Macklin just unexpected and really surprising, and it really got people talking, which it should, because Alex Shelley is not a guy that people think about as a world champion, but they all think about as a good human being, as a great wrestler, as someone that like you hear his name and you don't hear a negative thing about him in and out of the ring. So you're automatically yeah. like, oh, okay, I can see that. Let's see where this goes. It's curiosity. It's not, it's not like expectation 
of this is going to be the best title reign ever. No, the the expectation right now is like, I I will let this happen. I want to see where this goes. And I heard so many people after finding that out be like, oh, I got to watch Impact Wrestling. Alex Shelley is the is the world champion. Like, I know that name. I, I recognize that name. But I never thought I would hear that he had won the world championship. And that's not an indictment towards Alex Shelley. That's kind of to say that the company, it didn't seem like they would ever view him in that light, even though they should have a long time ago. And Alex Shelley was so deserving of winning the matchup. And I totally agree with you. That was my match at night for the show because it just told such a great story the only thing that i think they should have kind of emphasized is on commentary is how the this the short duration that that came after the pco match for macklin i think that was part of the story that the commentary didn't really emphasize and i think that tom hannafin and matthew waywall do a great job on commentary but it was just two weeks ago that macklin lost all this blood in this uh, this bloodbath type of matchup with pco that they should have told more of that story how it caught up to him and and kind of to protect macklin in a way but i think that this matchup you know, opens the door for a lot of different things. I could see Macklin kind of sneaking his way and making the main event of Slammiversary a triple threat. Now that Nick Aldis is the number one contender and that's being billed as the main event of Slammiversary with Shelly and Aldis for the Impact World Championship. Those are two baby faces. I can easily see Macklin saying, I want my rematch then to make it a triple threat. And then you're continuing both the story between Macklin and Shelly, but also Macklin and Aldis in that way. But but I, and it was also Macklin's fault that he lost the matchup because he was in the figure four and then he reached for the, the, the turnbuckle pad and he pulled off the turnbuckle pad. And not only did he run into the turnbuckle pad once, he got slammed into the turnbuckle pad again and then took the super kick and then took the shell shock for the one, two, three. And like you said, Ali Shelley is someone who's such a good human being that you hear from everybody. And then his story that he told on the go home show about all the people that he's in influence and helped in this business, whether it's Johnny Gargano, Seth Rollins, the Young Bucks, Switchblade Jay White, Jonathan Gresham, Trey Miguel. He helped Chris Saban become better. And now he finally is thinking about himself. He was a little bit selfish just once in his life, in his career, and it got him the Impact World Championship. Yup. It's good. It was good stories. And like we sat here again, we said, yeah, it's going to be a great match. We know that the the outcome is not in doubt, yada, yada, yada. They've done a good job of trying to sell us on it, but it's going to be Macklin winning, and here we are. Nope, we were absolutely wrong. Shelly made us all look like idiots, and Impact made us all look like idiots, and it was great. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. We got messages from the uh, the anonymous ITW GM. The first was, Joel, do you think you were in Macklin's head, and that's why he lost? I'm assuming you asked that, or you made that comment because you also yes. saw that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then- we all we all saw that. We all saw it. I saw it. I, I I put it in. I put the little the tidbit, the seed in his head. I was like, Joel might get on a flight right after in the weeds on Friday. He might make his way to Ohio, and he might show up at Against All Odds. And you were, he was just in the back of his head. He's like, Is Joel gonna show up and try to screw me over? And then he runs his head into the turnbuckle. He's all discombobulated, and he and Alex Shelley took advantage of it. He thought he saw me out in the boonies over there when he yeah. got that second hit 
off of he that. Saw, he saw Scott Demore backstage, and he was like, "Oh my God, that's Joe Pearl, that's oh. Joe Pearl," and he started speeding up. He's lost. Speeding up. Deanna's just like, "It's not him. It's Scott. It's not him. It's Scott." Anyway, it was just there. And then the other message was, "Awesome, I'll message Macklin if you keep talking shit." <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I did it on the post show. I, I'll see you in August, Steve Macklin, if you decide to show up. And if you if you try to get that Impact World Title back, good on you. Bring it with you to Emergence. If you still have it, we'll talk then. Oh, that's the only way you'll talk to him is if he has the Impact World Title. Man, I've got my title. Is- Where's his? I've got my title. Where is his? Not around his waist. It's like step your game up, bro. Right. Step your game up. I don't want to do the the balls in your wife's purse thing because I'm I hate that trope, but like. Your wife is carrying the title right now. Is carrying a title right now. Where's yours? Where's yours? Can't even pull up his pants. He got no belt. I didn't say that. (laughs) But it's true. Me and my $15 belt, our pants stay up. My pants stay up. (laughs) My pants stay up. There you go. That's his promo. That's his promo. Put it on a t-shirt. My pants stay up. My pants stay up. I still got my belt. How about you? How about that? August is a long way away. I don't know how much longer I can keep this gimmick going with him. <laughs> this is a long-term storytelling that I'm just like, I'm tired. <laughs> long-term storytelling. He's like, will this story feel, please finish? <laughs> yeah, this is a story worth finishing. <laughs> anyway, I, I agree with you that Macklin could easily put himself in that triple threat into a triple threat at Slammiversary. And there's another reason why you do this. He can pin Alex Shelley and not pin Nick Aldis. And then what's all this then? He can go and have another match with Macklin one-on-one. Easy as that. There you go. There you go. Yeah. It, it, it's a lot of if, interesting ways they can go about it. But I was I was very happy for Impact Wrestling because I feel like that's the one thing that has been missing from Impact Wrestling is that sense of anything can happen. And that finish was one of those moments where they didn't go the predictable route. They went a different route from what they wanted. I think that they set up uh, Chris Sabin nicely, which I said, I think was the second best match of the night with, uh, with the uh, Trey Miguel matchup where they could also go the route of Alex Shelley retains at Slammiversary and Chris Sabin uh, tries to cash in option C. And they have the Motor City Machine Guns go for the world championship in the main event at Bound for Glory. They could do something like that. Or, you know, if you if you want to put the Motor City Machine Guns in there for to fight for the top prize, because they had a hell of a matchup for the number one contendership last year. So I would love to see them go. Every time Chris Saban and Alex Shelley are in the ring together, it's a great matchup, whether they're a tag team, whether they're against each other. And and that's the whole thing is that when the guns are in, when the the Motor City Machine Guns when they're in the ring together, regardless of what side they're on, it is a good match. I I have to get myself out of that mindset that like they shouldn't fight because they're a tag team, but also spirit of competition that yeah. does exist. I don't want to see the option C situation because we just saw it. 
not too. But well, we saw it in such a whack way. Like, yeah, I, I, I still, I'm still mad at that. I still think that's one of the worst choices that they did of 2022. Was they built up Speedball Mike Bailey and his X Division cha- Championship reign to have him lose to Frankie Kazarian, who then two, three days later says, "Oh no, I'm cashing in Option C." What? We just wasted Sustains to Speedball's whole title reign for this. He was about to hit the record for most title defenses, and then it would have been logical for him to be like, I set the record, now I'm going to go for the world championship. Whether that's him cashing in option C or him saying, I should be the number one contender, because I know Speedball's real wish is to hold both titles at the same time. He could have gone either route. Like, I set my goal to have the most title defenses. Now I want a shot at the Impact World Championship which is the matchup that we got at the end of the year, which was a match of the year candidate for Impact Wrestling with Speedball and Alex Shelley, The I mean, Speedball and Josh Alexander, which was that near 60-minute kind of matchup that they had on Impact on Access TV. We could have got there logically in that way instead of the convoluted way of having him lose the X Division Championship to a guy who then relinquished the title just a few days later. Kazarian could have won the title. Could have won it later. I think this was what always bugged me about the the speedball ending of the title reign. Commentary spent week after week after week after week mentioning the amount of title defenses and him approaching the record and making reference to Christopher Daniels holding the record. Daniels is still an active competitor. He is on TV with Ring of Honor. He's done spots on Rampage in the last month. There's an op- there was an opportunity for Daniels, who gives back too, to go and like and drop that match that that this is the last boss, this is the final boss. It's me. You have to face me. I'm the problem. It's me. But instead, they didn't do that. Daniels never came to Impact. I don't know if there was ever conversation to do it, but like the amount of times they brought it up, it felt like they wanted to go that route. And Kazarian coming in made sense too because. You have a, a tag team that existed in Impact Wrestling and Ring of Honor and everywhere else th- that could have absolutely, it would have made sense. It just, Kazarian winning would have been fine, but it should have happened after Daniels dropped the record to Speedball. Yes. And then, and then and that- Speedball could have been like, all right, I lost, it sucked, but got the record. Now I'm going to go for the world title. That And they would everyone would have looked great. Instead, this way, I agree with you, it sucked. Yeah, I just didn't like that at all. And it would have made sense to do it in that way because that's basically the same story that they told in 2018 with Kazuko Okada with the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, that he was approaching that title defense record and then he had to beat the guy who previously had the record in Hiroshi Tadahashi. They could have told the same story in Impact Wrestling to a different audience as well, but they decided to go a different route. And I agree with you that... I thought that Frankie Kazarian was there to be the Chris, the Chris uh, Christopher Daniels kind of replacement since he's a guy that's so connected to Christopher Daniels and his career. And he's also one of the greatest X division champions of all time. It just felt like a waste of that, the, the, how, what they were doing with the buildup of Speedball's reign. Like I'm so, and it might be because Speedball is my favorite wrestler in the world. Yes, I'm going to admit that. It might be because of that, but it just felt like they were building up to something and then didn't follow through with it. Yeah, and then that's what's most frustrating is is that point, building up to something and not following through. Uh, Saban has the X Division Championship. 
nine times he's a champion. He competed in the first ever X Ultimate X match 20 yeah. years ago. This uh, not this month in, in in August. It will be the 20th anniversary. August 20th was the first Ultimate X match. August 20th this year is a very special New Japan Impact Multiverse United Two match. Uh, I want to see Chris Saban hold that title through August, and I want to see the Ultimate X come to New Japan and Impact's Multiverse show. That for the 20th anniversary, I see nothing better in my in my eyes than having Saban and Kazarian for that matter, because he was also part of that match. Yes, having having those two plus. However many else, it's, I guess it's traditionally six guys. They, they should do three. They should make it like like how it was the original time. Do Saban, Kazarian, and I was thinking, I was racking my head. Like, who, no, no, not Kushida. <laughs> Leo Rush. Oh, Imagine yeah. Leo Rush in that matchup. Oh, man. Like, I when I thought about anyone from New Japan right now that would fit in that matchup, Leo Rush would be there. But, of course, they could throw in as many people as they want. Hiromu Takahashi is another one that would fit in very well with that kind of high-risk, high-reward type of matchup like that. So, yeah, they're, they, they have some options there. Throw Speedball in there as well. That would be a bunch of fun. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know who from New Japan would, would go in, but it feels like it'd be three three. Three from Impact, three from yeah. New Japan. Uh let them let them have that opportunity. Someone someone who hasn't done an Ultimate X match who works New Japan as well would be fun. Uh Kevin Knight would be another one that I would love to see him try yes. to do that. Although with Kevin Knight, all he has to do is like jump up and he'll grab it. You just grab it and just <laughs> he's like, I'm already here. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll just be like, Oh, it's mine. <laughs> and we'll just be like, Yeah, no, it's yours. You're 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 good. You're fine. You're fine. You already made it. You already got there. <laughs> Someone in the chat saying Master of Rock or Tomohiro Ishii. <laughs> Ishii? What are we doing? Like Ishii would try to climb the thing, break it. Um <laughs> so he would just he would nod off the rope and that's how he would win it. Ah, yeah, he, yeah. He just drops and it and drops down to it's right. Is there anything else on the card worth bringing up from uh, against all odds? The, the dog collar match was was good. There was no blood at this show, which shocked a bunch of people. But I'm pretty sure the uh, Ohio Athletic Commission doesn't allow for it. I don't might make sure sense. That's what it was. That might make sense because they had two matches where I was just like, yeah, they could do blood in this, and it would fit the well with the dog collar match, which I thought was a match that exceeded my expectations. Was the Ohio street fight, oh, which I told you OVE was gonna win. I told you, thumbs up, another thumbs down, another, put another dumb move. Unless the story becomes like the design control of the design versus like the the breakup of the design at Slammiversary, and it's one on one Diener, and but but. Sammy pin Diener. It's done. Like there's, it's a, it should be over. Yeah, it should be it, over. It, it should, no they reason. should just all, all move on from no, here. No but reason. I was very surprised of how good that match was. Like if it when you when they started facing off like just from the start with like the brawl, I realized how well it matched up. Where you had two X division guys in uh, Jake uh, Jake Chris and um, 
and Allen and Allen Angels going against each other. Loved Allen Angels pulling out the Brody Lee uh, discus lariat at one point in the matchup, and even doing he did a callback to two of his AEW friends where he did one the discus lariat for Brody Lee, and then he went to the top of the ladder and did the I'm crazy like Sammy Guevara before doing the splash off the ladder. So I love those two things. Then you had the two leaders of Callahan and Diener going at it in the matchup, and then you had the two monsters of Khan and Madman Fulton. So it, they just made for a perfect matchup against each other, and I it made me miss. I was like, yeah, OVE is one of like one of the more underrated stables in Impact Wrestling because 2017, 2018, 2019, they were running roughshod and the best rivalries always in impact wrestling involved ove and sammy callahan during that time and it just was a nice little callback to there and now this time they're the baby faces so it was different in that regards it was like a fresh coat of paint for them so it just fit in very well and it just it just worked this matchup just worked and then the the finish was really well done with sammy hitting them with the bat and then the cactus driver on the barbed wire board that was excellent i don't think that they did this at the tapings but all i really wanted was a con and fulton one-on-one big dudes beating the shit out of each other match i don't think they taped it but uh that that would have been just perfect they were going at it so well that was the best cons look for me in a matchup i really enjoyed him going at it with madman fulton madman fulton looked refreshed he looked revitalized that one point where he was doing uh he was beating up both angels and diener at the same time he just looked like a complete like monster that had some agility as well he looked really good looking at the raw preview uh, i i saw this photo i want to bring it up Do you, have you seen the the new wwe headquarters uh, coming to take shape i mean I, I've seen a picture of the pro. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's the picture I see. Four stories tall. There's a WWE logo in there. You might not be able to see it, but if you if you just squint your eyes, real. I know. I know it's really small. I know, but if you squint your eyes just right, you can see a giant WWE logo. That's the uh, the new campus that they're currently in the midst of moving into. And I saw this pop up. I was like, holy shit, that looks ridiculous. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, the reason I bring this up is because I actually want to bring up going back to Oscar and the title and money in the bank. I have a feeling this year that the women's money in the bank is going to be the one to watch and that the winner of the women's money in the bank is going to be the person to see because this might be the first year since Carmella, since the inaugural Money in the Bank, two-time winner Carmella that year, uh, is going to hold that that briefcase for longer than 24 hours. I think this is the this is the year where they finally build somebody to to hold that briefcase for a little while. What do you think, SB3? I think that's what they should be doing. I hope, I pray that that's what they're doing. My my bet is on uh, EO Sky. And I think that EO does need to hold it for a little while, especially since Asuka just got the title. You need to kind of uh, 
build some credibility for her as champion so it means something when EO eventually beats her for the championship. So, yeah, I think the people that they already have in it is shaping up to be a really strong matchup with Selena Vega, Zoe Stark, Becky Lynch, Bailey, and EO Sky, and whoever's going to qualify to fill in that last spot. It's shaping up to be a very good uh, matchup there and maybe the, the best woman's Money in the Bank ladder match that they ever had. I think the best one so far for me was either the one that Alexa won or the one that Bailey won, which was 2018, 2019. But I think that we could find ourselves in a very good position to top both of those. I don't think Charlotte's going to be the last person, by the way. I, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think her ladder match days are over unless it's like a big payoff of a ladder match. But uh, like you, you got to give her like a, a razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania payoff type of thing. Uh, one more person left in that women's ladder match. You need a big base. And I don't think there's anyone who would fit that role better than Piper Niven. I know I beat that drum as often as I can, but <clears throat> if you want someone who can take the moves, dish out the moves and still climb the ladder, Piper Niven's a gal. And given everyone else in this match, I mean, they've done a good job of putting people in that are not, you know, uh, the men's side is more non-former champions, but on the women's yeah. side, the only former champions are Becky and Bailey. So Piper would be a good fit for this whole thing. Yeah, I think her or uh, Raquel Rodriguez. I do agree. They need the base for these women like EO Sky and Zelina Vega who could take more risks from like as far as like jumping off of ladders and doing big spots off of ladders. But they do need that big base. So I would say Raquel or Piper Niven. I lean more towards Raquel because this is my brain talking, not my heart, because I enjoy Piper Nevin more, but they haven't really been giving her any type of push, whereas Raquel, they've been protecting in a way, and it doesn't seem like we're going to get either one of the women's championships defended at uh, Money in the Bank, unless they just do a non-finish to this Asuka-Charlotte matchup in London the night before to set up a triple threat with Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank. They could do that, but... I don't know. It's looking like we're not going to get either one of these women's championships defended unless during tonight, if they announce it, which they'll probably announce it in a few short hours, that they're doing a championship presentation for Rhea Ripley because she's still the SmackDown Women's Champion, fingers crossed. Uh, Maybe it's Raquel Rodriguez is the one that interrupts to kickstart that rivalry. On the men's side, Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, LA Knight, yeah. Santos Escobar, Butch, and one more to be determined tonight. Riddle faces Damien Priest. Uh, I said this on one of the first episodes of In the Weeds. We might be looking at Bro in the Bank this year. You think they, so? They beat the brakes off of him after WrestleMania when he came back. They did. He lost everything. He lost every match imaginable. Maybe he got one or two, but like every big match that, that Bro had, he lost. Now they brought him back. He's got this new demeanor. He's beating up Imperium, which I, I get it. Everyone does that. They shouldn't, but everyone seems to be beat, beating up Imperium, uh, including Sammy. KO and Sammy have a match against them. They're going to beat them up too. But anyway, point is here, uh, Riddle could be poised to take bro in the bank, maybe have a bit of an attitude adjustment himself. And I wouldn't mind seeing bro and, uh, and Seth. I still want to see Drew McIntyre, though. I, yeah, Drew. Drew is really out there. It doesn't look like we're, are we not? We're going to have a UK pay-per-view uh, premium live event, excuse me, without Drew McIntyre? 
I wouldn't be surprised if he takes out Shinsuke. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Of everyone in this I, match, Shinsuke is the one where I'm just like, who's the most take outable here? Hmm. Shinsuke, because uh, he ain't doing nothing laddery wise. Um, but yes, I can see, uh, I actually can see Damian Priest getting the win here because I think the setup is that we are going to, we need to get Gunther versus Matt Riddle at Money in the Bank for the Intercontinental Championship. So I think that Imperium costs Riddle the matchup. Damian Priest is put in there. You need you need that kind of base for this for that for this matchup as well. Where you got Ricochet, you got your Butch, you got your Santos Escobar. La Knight is more of like uh, he could he could do some spots coming off the ladder, but not jumping off the ladder. And Nakamura, he's gonna do his strikes and stuff like that. He's gonna be more based in the ground and maybe take a, a big spot or or two coming off of the ladder. But you need a big guy to kind of be the powerhouse be the monster be the cane of the money in the bank because if everybody remembers all the best money in the bank matches probably have had kane in it and he's secretly been in there as the base of the matchup and i think there's nobody in wwe's roster that is more that can play more of that kane role than damian priest who can also show off his agility as well during this matchup and damian priest needs a victory so badly because they've beaten him like a drum against Seth Rollins the last two weeks on Monday Night Raw that he needs this win more than Riddle, in my opinion. Yeah, but what about Shelton Benjamin? Ain't no stopping me now. Dude dude was in every Money in the Bank match for the first, like, five years. (laughs) More than that. More than that. He was in for many, many years. Uh, Ryan Lambert. That's why the original is still the best one, because of that spot he did. (laughs) Ryan Lambert with the super chat saying Van Wagner in the bank. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. I could think of one person who absolutely would. And he's on select every Monday and Friday night talking about how much he hates everything. Oh, and Tuesday's on the main channel, but I filled in for him last week. Jan Wagner. You talking about Jan Wagner? Van, uh, Van Wagner. <laughs> uh, yeah, the therapist Van Wagner. Or as I used to call him, Encino Man. He looks like Encino Man, thawed out. Yes. <laughs> can't even make those eyebrows. I can't. I can't do it. He's Encino Man. He looks like Encino Man. Literally, like, thawed out. But, yeah, uh, no. I would say no. The fact that most of his storylines are happening on NXT, and he's only been featured in that Battle Royal on Monday Night Raw, so I don't see them going that route just yet. By the way, shout out to the free agents who showed up on on, uh, Tuesday, said they were going to have matches for Money in the Bank qualifying on Friday, and then probably losing all of them. (laughs) Baron Corbin doesn't qualify and neither does Mustafa Ali. So there we go. We're back to it. But at least with the Baron Corbin stuff, they uh, they continued the Trick and Mellow feud. So I give them that. Yeah, yeah. they 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 could have done the same thing with with uh, Mustafa, but they decided not to. But I like them putting uh, you know Mellow and Trick in the front row, getting the the main roster fans kind of exposed to them and make it. Baron Corbin is WWE's answer to Kazuka Okada. Okada's feuding with like five different people in New Japan, and you got Baron Corbin. He's feuding with Mellow and Trick on NXT and Ilya Dragunov. He's feuding with with uh, Cameron Grimes. He's got a, a beef with Butch now after he beat him. He's feuding with five different people. Who would have thunk it? Not me. 
Although I, he's also feuding with a chef right now <laughs> on Twitter. Is? The, this oh. <laughs> Corbin is. I got to hold on. There, someone, someone, uh, someone sent it to me. I'm so upset that I keep forgetting this guy's name. Uh, chef Reactions on Twitter. He, uh, yeah, this guy has been, and he's got like, he, he's got followers, okay? Like he's not just some dude. Uh, he is going after Baron Corbin every chance he gets. I want him on this show. I want him to talk about this whole thing with Baron Corbin, and I want him to talk about food and meat with us. Like, come on and join us. He's invited for Wednesday. Come on on Wednesday so you can talk trash about what Baron Corbin does on NXT this week. His DMs are closed, so tweet at Chef Reactions. Tell him him he should be on In the Weeds on, on Wednesday. Come and join us. Uh, that's what I really want. And then Ryan Lambert sent another super chat saying, does that make Robert Stone Pauly Shore? Yes, yes, it works. It works. He is full. Hey, buddy. Uh, you got the snooze. I want the cheese. This is awful. Everything about this is awful. Finally tonight. Pauly Monday. Shore's best work was in the Goofy movie. Goofy movie. More Goofy movie. We brought it back around and everyone's happy. Finally tonight on Monday Night Raw. It's actually KO and Sammy versus Gunter and Ludwig Kaiser. So whatever you said about uh, about them costing Matt Riddle might not happen. And I don't think they're going to run that Imperium versus KO, Sammy, and Riddle match again for the third time. I don't think they will. I'd be really frustrated if they do, but uh, there you go. Hey, I I could see them interfering because maybe the the Priest and Riddle matchup is early on in the show. I could see them getting involved in that. And then Riddle gets involved in this tag team match to give Zayn and Owens the win over Imperium. So you you you're you're show you're telling more of a show long narrative building up to Gunther versus Riddle at Money in the Bank. And while we're at it, Cody Rhodes takes on soon to be a wannabe G1 climax participant Miz. Miz is really putting his, his resume in. He wants to be an alternate in the G1 this year. He's pulling out all the stops. He will not take Big Bill's spot. He will not take Big Bill's spot in the Bang Bang Gang or in the G1 Climax, Miz. Miz Miz has been uh, having better matches as of late since the Seth Rollins matchup a couple of weeks back. I'm just so bored of Miz being the person to lose to, to Cody Rhodes. I feel like I've seen this matchup at least eight times. Eight times since Cody's. It's been back in WWE in the last two years. I feel like he's versed Cody Rhodes a bunch of times, whether it be on house shows, whether it be on Monday Night Raw. I, I just feel like I've seen that matchup way too many times. You call yourselves just five guys? Well, I'm just one Miz, and I'm there. You- <laughs> No, he's gonna he's gonna join the Bullet Club so Gato can be like Bullet Club need the rebel and we need the Alister. Who is Alister? Who is this Alister? <laughs> we need an Alister. Bullet Club need the rebel. Some, someone's gonna think that this is a racist gimmick that you're doing. When really it's just that's the Gato verse. That's the Gato voice. That's Gato's voice. Oh my god! I've I've studied this. 
If they made it this far, they may as well drop a thumbs up on the video while they're here. And subscribe to us here at Five All Overbooked. Let's get out of here. It's we're, we're out of time. We're out of time. SP3, tell the people where they can find you and what's going on this week. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. Anyone who's subscribed to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel since I've been on this show, I appreciate you. We just hit 7,000 subscribers over the weekend for the channel. Appreciate all the support. This week, I'll be up on there a bunch of different times. Uh, Thursday with the AEW Dynamite review. On Friday with our Dark Side of the Ring review. On Saturday, the True Hill Heat Flash It podcast at 11.05. 5 a.m. Eastern Time. And then Sunday, we are debuting our AEW Collision Review with myself and sober guy, JJ, because Jimmy Macaram don't work on weekends. He don't work on weekends. He said, I'm not reviewing this secondary show. Can you put him behind the paywall then? Putting him behind the paywall, Brandon Thurston. You're a pioneer. We did it first on Fightful. <laughs> we put our hate guy on whatever it is. <laughs> The pioneer and Brandon Thurston. I hate you all. I hate you so much. Uh, I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. SP3 and I are going to be back on Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern to go in the weeds. Tweet at Chef Reactions. Let's get him on this show to talk about Baron Corbin and meat because I want to talk to him about chefing and hating Baron Corbin because that's something we can all enjoy together. So till then, uh, ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.